0: Hey guys, it's Jeff. I just want to give you a quick warning. What you're about to hear is an episode that I recorded and discovered afterwards that my audio was a little bit glitchy. Uh, You can hear all the words. There's just a little bit of static behind it. I hope it's not too unbearable for you guys. I think it was a fun episode, obviously a fun game to talk about. And I am at the mercy of my equipment here. And uh, unfortunately, nothing else I can do about it. So I just wanted to let you know up front. uh, Sorry for for that. But uh, I hope you enjoy the episode anyway. And let's jump right in. Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, the Dodgers completed their sweep of the Phillies in thrilling fashion, winning on a walk-off Grand Slam by Max Muncy. A lot to talk about from this game. We're going to talk about Gavin Stone's Major League debut, talk about the offense chipping away at that lead and finally coming through in the late innings. And we're going to talk about a series of decisions that Dave Roberts made and, you know, just our thoughts on some of those things. That's what's on tap, so let's get Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers. Your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, and then you become an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. My normal co-host is Vince Semperio, although it's just me today. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. And the Dodgers won a thriller on Wednesday afternoon, day game series finale, homestand finale at Dodger Stadium. And uh, the the game started off ugly. The the Dodgers were down 5-0 after three innings. Gavin Stone's major league debut did not go super great. I didn't get helped out by his defense a lot, but also, uh, you know, he didn't help himself out a lot either, Uh, but they chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. We're going to talk about the offense in the second segment and how they did chip away at that lead and ultimately came through and uh, won the game for the team. Uh, But first I do want to talk about Gavin Stone because it was his major league debut. It's an exciting thing. As you guys know, if you're regular listeners or viewers, I drove 661 miles down just to be at the game because I'm so excited about Gavin Stone's future. I wanted to be able to say I was at his major league debut. I can now say that forever. Uh, If you watched or listened to yesterday's episode, you remember Vince and me talking about uh, when the two of us went to Josiah Gray's uh, major league debut together. And uh, we sat together and the Dodgers won that game on a walk-off three-run home run by Will Smith. And Vince and I were both at this game too, and it wasn't a walk-off rear run home run by Will Smith. Instead, Smith walked and passed the baton, and it was a walk-off grand slam by Max Muncie. The next batter, uh, it was a lot of fun. I sat in the same seats actually that I sat in for the Will Smith walk-off, and the same seats that I was sitting in for Chris Taylor's walk-off in the NLDS or the Wild Card game a couple of years ago. And so, seems to be good luck for me. I think this is—I think that's the only three walk-offs I've been to in in these particular seats. But. Uh, I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, Gavin Stone, in some ways, was as advertised. His changeup looked really good. Uh, as we talked about yesterday, there was some some instances of changeups that probably would have got swings and misses in the minor leagues, and they didn't get swung at here in the big leagues. Uh, I was pleased to see that he was also throwing the changeup for strikes at times, uh, throwing it in the strike zone rather than relying on chase. Got a couple swings and misses from. From Bryce Harper and what about on changeups and uh, the big, I don't know if issue is the right word. I mean, what, one thing you remember is this is a major league debut. Nobody expected Gavin Stone to be a polished big leaguer in this start. Uh, it was we were prepared for hiccups, and uh, I don't think anybody even really thinks that Gavin Stone is currently ready to be in the big league rotation going forward. What uh, I think the benefit here was. Getting him in there against big league hitters in a real big league game kind of gives you an idea of what what he does still need to do, need to add, need to work on to become that regular big league pitcher. And uh, in, in this game, the answer is a third pitch. His slider, his one strikeout did come on a slider to Nick Castellanos, but overall his slider was not very effective in this game. And without a third pitch you can't really be a successful starting pitcher long-term in the big leagues without a third pitch. Uh, and, you know, especially a pitch to get righties out because he's change up. Uh, he, he has in the minors thrown his changeup just as much to righties as to lefties, and that's good. But you do need that third look. He's got a good fastball. It, it touched 96, I think. Uh, I also saw one, I think, as low as 91. Uh, I haven't looked at the, the baseball savant page to see what his overall velocity was. That's just when I happened to glance at the velocity board at the stadium. Uh, but with the uh, w- without the third pitch, the fastball's good, the changeup's good, but you're only looking at two pitches, and Major League hitters are going to figure that out. Uh, and, and they did. It was the second time through the lineup that they really got to him. They scored one run in the first inning. It was unearned. It should have been a nine-pitch inning. Uh, he got uh, he got a fly from Kyle Schwarber. A what very easily could have been a pop-out from Trey Turner uh, that ultimately Miguel Vargas couldn't quite get to. I think most of the time that ball is going to be an out, and then he walked Bryce Harper, but then he got a double play grounder that Max Muncy booted and ended up having to throw 15 more pitches after that, including an unearned run. That obviously didn't help him, but the third inning it was just he he got knocked around, and that was that second time through the lineup when you really could use that third pitch to show guys something that they didn't see the first time they faced you. And, uh, and so overall, that's good that Gavin Stone identified that uh, the slider is going to be very, very important to his development and to his future as a big leaguer. It does sound like he will get one more start uh, this time uh, when they're in Milwaukee before they send him back down to the minors. And that's exciting, too. Uh, there's a chance to learn some of that. I mean, he has a slider, and it's actually been an effective pitch for him at times in the minor leagues. And so... He'll probably go into that start in Milwaukee, uh, recognizing that that's something he needs to work on, and you know we'll we'll see where what the progress is there. Uh, if for for him, it's a good opportunity to see what he needs to do and and go from there. And, and we said yesterday, I I think I predicted four innings and two earned runs. Said it was four innings and four earned runs. Uh, I I would have loved six shutout innings. I don't think that was ever really realistic. Uh, not that. Pitchers never do that in their major league debut, but uh, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's all part of the game, and he's probably up earlier in the season than anybody really expected because if Ryan Pepio and Michael Grove were healthy, it, this would have been one of their spots in the rotation, even though they wanted to go with the six, six-man rotation a time or two through the order. It would have been one of those guys, and so he's up a little bit sooner than people would have thought, and, and that's okay. It's, it's okay to learn on the job in the big leagues sometimes, and even on a team with World Series aspirations. It's okay to have these games sometimes where you just have to throw a guy out there and see what happens. I mean, the, last year, Michael Grove came up from double-A and, and started some games, and Pepio came up maybe before he was totally ready. Dodgers won 111 games last year. They, they, it didn't really hurt them much. And uh, one of the reasons it didn't hurt them in this game is because the offense really did come through got Stone off the hook and ended up winning in dramatic fashion. So I'm going to come back in a minute. I am going to talk about the offense and the great job they did chipping away at this uh, at this lead that the Phillies had built up. And we will talk about, uh, you know, just that it was a fun game to watch offensively and that you might not believe this. I was never worried, and I'm going to talk to you about why. So I will be back in a minute. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning and please keep it locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, it's so easy to get caught up in what everybody else needs from you, whether you are a parent or a teacher or a coach or even just a friend, You, if you're like me, you're always maybe a little bit more focused on what other people need than what you need, but sometimes when we spend all our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out, and therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Uh, This is a a wonderful opportunity. Therapy can help you learn coping skills, how to set boundaries, uh, all all sorts of things that you can learn to help you be the best person for yourself and for those people who need you. And uh, if you're thinking about starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So simply go to betterhelp.com slash M O B. Find more balance with BetterHelp. All right, I am back. I want to thank you all for making Locked On Dodge your first listen every weekday morning. Uh, I also, if you're watching on YouTube, I'd love to hear your thoughts in the YouTube comment section. If you're listening on the podcast, i love to hear from you through social media or email or whatever. I'll give you all that contact info at the end, like I always do. Also want to remind you, there's no game today. Dodgers have a day off, which means tomorrow's episode will probably be a mailbag episode. So feel free to shoot over any questions you may have for that. And because there's no game, you don't need to worry about catching the game on the radio, but tomorrow when they're playing in San Diego, if you don't have a chance to watch the game on TV, you should check it out on SiriusXM or the SXM app. All you got to do is... Launch your SXM app and search for Dodgers, and it will pull up the game for you to you listen to the hometown broadcast anytime. You can also listen to this show on the SXM app simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. With that said, uh, let's talk about the offense in this game. The Dodgers were down five to nothing after three innings, or after the top of the third inning, and uh, it was th- things weren't looking great. Uh, but you know obviously it, it, Gavin stone was in his major league debut it was a it was a rough rough game for him. but the Dodgers uh, the Dodgers bullpen has been pitching pretty well lately. and so I kind of had the feeling, okay, if the Dodgers can 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 score some runs, you know I, I almost tweeted out thirteen is more than five, so don't worry about it. Be uh, you know, just joking that the Dodgers scored thirteen runs each of the last two games and so once they scored thirteen runs in this game, they were gonna win the game. And I didn't, and I didn't really think they had thirteen runs in them, but I did I always felt like, okay, as long as the offense can keep this thing close, they the, or as long as the bullpen can keep this thing close, the offense is going to come through. And one of the things we saw is you don't have to you don't have to have a huge inning all you got to do is chip away. And that's what the Dodgers did. You know, they got a run on the sacrifice five by Freddie Freeman that, you know, even in an inning, uh, you know, that one, it could have been a three-run homer. He barely didn't get the home run. They got two runs on a two-run homer by Miguel Vargas. They got, I'm trying to remember what their other, uh, all, the, all the runs are running together in my mind, no pun intended. Uh, but it was, you know, two runs here, one run here, one run here, two runs here. Uh, and then the big, the big hit in the last inning, obviously the grand slam by Max Muncy, but they didn't need a grand slam at that point. A, a bloop single would have won the game. And, and so it was really a, a matter of trusting the offense, trusting the process, and saying, look, we've got six innings left in this game. We don't need to have a huge inning. And I think it's easier for teams to, to come through when they need to When there's not that pressure if we need a huge inning if you're down by seven in the ninth inning if you're down by five in the ninth inning it's hard to come back from that but down by five in the third inning so okay no problem we got six innings left i guess seven offensive innings left No, no problem and that's kind of the approach they took and it was also a really good team effort you know david peralta had two hits chris taylor had two more hits uh I was walking around the stadium with my brother before the game. By the way, you could probably tell I I, I didn't realize I'd gotten this much sun until I actually uh, turned on the camera to record this podcast and realized I'm kind of kind of cherry red today. So uh, day games will do that to you. It was it was cloudy a lot of the game, but not the whole game, and I didn't even bother with sunscreen, so uh, that's why I'm bright red. But I was walking with with my brother before the game. We were just did a circle of the stadium, and we were on the. Uh, on the concourse behind home plate, and we saw the first aid station, and they had like the, the stretcher for the paramedics. And my brother said, uh, "That's here in case uh, Chris Taylor gets two hits again, and somebody has a heart attack." And uh, and then Chris Taylor ended up with two more hits, and uh, two two important hits. He hit a triple and scored on maybe the worst defensive play I've ever made, a ma- ever seen a major league right fielder make. Uh, should have been a bloop single, but Nick Castellanos played it into a triple for Taylor, and he ended up scoring on that sack fly by Freddie Freeman. And then Taylor had a base hit in the bottom of the ninth inning to start that rally. He technically scored the winning run. Uh, big game for Chris Taylor. Big game for David Peralta. Miguel Vargas had another home run. Actually, almost hit a home run his first time up. He almost looked like he didn't even swing all the way, and he hit it to the wall in left field. And, uh, you know, he, he had a big game. Freeman had a couple of hits. Mookie had a, had a hit. Uh, you know, they, there was some, a lot of moments. Almost everybody except Jason Hayward it seemed like contributed something. And then, uh, you know, I, I'm going to talk in the third segment, so I won't go into too much detail about the moves. But Austin Barnes got a big hit. Miguel Rojas got a big hit. Uh, we'll talk about the actual decision to put them in those situations uh, in the next segment. But the whole offense came through. And when we got to the ninth, even in the bottom of the 8th, the Dodgers took the lead 6-5, to five, and you know it would have been awesome if Gratterall, two different times, he had the Phillies down to their last strike, two outs, two strikes on the batter, and he didn't get the out either time, uh, walked one of the guys, gave up the game-time hit to the other guy. Uh, and ultimately, it would have been awesome if Gratterall had gotten that save, just shut it down. It would have been a great game. It was so much more fun the way it did turn out. and. We got to the bottom of the ninth inning, and, you know, Chris Taylor gets that leadoff single off Craig Kimbrell. By the way, I want to read you a funny text I got from a—so my friends Trevor and Heather. Uh, I actually met Trevor and Heather through this podcast. Uh, Trevor and Heather are both listeners to this show. Uh, a few years ago, Trevor won one of my bobblehead giveaways, and uh, I realized that they live here in Utah uh, near near me. And uh, I say here in Utah when I'm in California, but you know what I mean, where I live in Utah, they live close to me, just a few miles away. Uh, And we've become friends through social media since then, uh, since we we got to know each other. And uh, we've become real life friends recently. Uh, Last year, we met when the Oklahoma City Dodgers came to town to play the Salt Lake Bees. Uh, We all went up and we we met up at the game and uh, our families and everything. Everybody except my son was off with something and their daughter was off with something. And, uh, and now my son and their daughter are going to prom together. That's fun, uh, all because of this podcast. But uh, Trevor sent me a text, uh, and he said, uh, "To quote Heather's mom just now." Oh, Heather's parents listened to the podcast too. I think that's awesome. Hello Gustafson's. Uh, to quote Heather's mom just now, I love it when Kimbrel pitches for the other team. And uh, you know when Craig Kimbrel came walking in in the bottom of the ninth, it's like I mean, Craig Kimbrel still has some skills as a pitcher. And even last year, you guys remember, I defended Craig Kimbrell a lot. Not quite defended, but I I said, I think he's going to turn out okay uh, because he still had good stuff. And he still does have good stuff, and yet he hasn't ever totally turned out okay. He had stretches last year where it looked like, wow, he's really fixed. But ultimately, he didn't even make the postseason roster uh, because the Dodgers just couldn't depend on him. Well, we found a situation in which the Dodgers can depend on Craig Kimbrell, and that is when he's pitching for the other team, as Heather's mom said, And uh, I love it, Uh, but, you know, Chris Taylor getting the base hit, Taylor getting a hit off Kimbrell, it was like, okay, uh, our nine hitter who's batting ninth because he has struggled quite a bit this year. And as we mentioned yesterday, Taylor's hit better recently, but a strikeout pitcher like Kimbrell, a strikeout hitter like Taylor, that is often going to end in a strikeout. That's what happens when strikeout hitters face strikeout pitchers. This time it didn't. It ended in on a base hit to right field or to center field. Line drive, hit it good. And then, you know, you, you start thinking oh, and then he immediately stole second base and wasn't even close. It it was beautiful. You know, the Dodgers know Craig Kimbrell. They know he can't hold runners on, especially with these new rules. And Taylor was uh as Vince Scully would have said, he was safe for me to you. Uh he usually used that without, but you know, any chance to mention Vince. Scully. Um he, he's in scoring position. Mookie comes up and uh not a great at bat from Mookie. Never took the bat off his shoulder. Looked at six straight pitches. Uh, it was a 3 and one count, and then he looked at two straight pitches on the outside corner, strike out. And, you know, in in that situation, I want Mookie swinging. His run doesn't matter. A walk doesn't help the Dodgers a ton in that situation. Obviously, it helps them some because it, it's another runner on base, and ultimately you end up with, you know, more walks later. Uh, but, you know, when, when Mookie's up there with the winning run on second base and nobody out, Swing the bat, you know, and and to Kimbrell's credit, Kimbrell made good pitches on Mookie, uh, but ultimately uh, I would like to see a little more aggressiveness from from Mookie there. So after they get Mookie out, they intentionally walked Freddie Freeman, and then Will Smith put up a great at bat, and he got that walk. And at that point, a walk really does help because that loads the bases with one out, puts the wing run on third base, and you got Max Muncy coming up. And I don't know about you guys, but – in the stadium where I was and in my heart, there was no question the Dodgers just won this game because Max Muncy, we talked about yesterday with the sacrifice fly that Muncy had hit in the previous game. It's like Muncy understands situations. And yeah, I mean, Muncy does strike out some. Kimbrough could have struck him out. But Muncy like, he knew his job. Get the ball in the air. The Dodgers win the game. You got Chris Taylor on third, who's very fast. You've got uh, not great arms anywhere in the outfield. Uh, the best ones in center field. And, and, you know, you get the ball in the air, the game is over. And and so it's like, he's not up there looking. He, he said, first time I get a pitch I can get in the air, I'm going to hit it in the air. And he did, and he hit it in the air, and it went over the wall in right field. They didn't need a grand slam, but a grand slam was a great way to end that game. But there was never a point during that game when I thought, crap, the Dodgers are going to lose this game. It was always, wow, the Dodgers are going to have to work hard to win this game. And it's a, a subtle difference, but the last few games have done that to me because the Dodgers' offense is here. It's shown up, and it's not perfect. And, and that it's almost refreshing to me that it's not perfect. They're not necessarily getting every hit when they need to. You know, Freddie Freeman almost hit a three-run homer. Instead, it's just a sack fly. Uh, they had you know different different times that they didn't get the big hit they needed, But it's like, okay, let's score a run here, two runs here. Let's chip away and use the fact that the game is long and we are a better team than the Phillies to our advantage. And that's what they did, and they hit some really good relievers. Jose Alvarado is really, really good, and the Dodgers scored a couple runs on him. That was huge. Craig Kimbrell is good, and the Dodgers scored four runs on him. Uh, It was good hitting, good offense, and a good team approach, and it was awesome. I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk about some of those decisions that Dave Roberts made, uh, both offensively and on the pitching side, and uh, some of my thoughts on those things. So thank you for making Locked on Dodgers your first lesson every weekday morning, and please keep it Locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Uh, You know those free trials. It's like, hey, try it free for 30 days, and as long as you cancel before the 30 days, you don't have to pay anything. And if you're anything like me, you never remember to cancel those things. They just end up, you put in your credit card number and you don't even notice, like we're not like our parents were. I I, I don't know if you guys remember, maybe if you're not as old as me, you probably don't. I remember learning how to balance a checkbook when I was in high school. I don't think people do that anymore because we just don't pay that much attention to where our money's going. Even Even when we're working hard to budget and everything, you're not scouring over your credit card bill every month and that means you're probably throwing money away on free trials that you started paying for and you don't even realize it. That's where Rocket Money comes in because they can find all those things for you automatically and just find everything and they can even cancel for you. Within Rocket Money, you just click cancel and it will cancel that you know extra Netflix subscription or that you know what whatever it is that you're paying for that you don't need, it will cancel it for you. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. And, you know, Rocket Money is an awesome personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills all in one place. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. Rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. All right, I am back. I want to thank you one last time for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. I also want to remind you again, no game today, but on days that there are games, if you don't have a chance to watch the Dodgers on TV, but you want to listen to the hometown broadcast, check out the SXM app or SiriusXM in your car. And just uh, on the SXM app, just search for Dodgers and it'll pull up the hometown broadcast and you can listen to that live as the game is going on. It's an awesome way to follow the game. So check that out. You can also listen to Lockdown Dodgers on the SXM app just by searching for Lockdown Dodgers. Easy peasy. Uh, I'm going to take a sip of water. And that was me taking a sip of water. Uh, last thing I want to talk about today. Dave Roberts managed a really good game on Wednesday and not just because the moves worked out. And uh, there, there was offensively, everybody got in the game except for Michael Bush and Trace Thompson. We found out, after the game that Trace Thompson wasn't even in the stadium. Uh, he's been sick. And so that explained why in the ninth inning, the Dodgers used both McGill Rojas, no, in the eighth inning, they used both McGill Rojas and Austin Barnes as pinch hitters. Uh, it, those decisions were the correct ones, especially I understand that Trace Thompson wasn't there. In fact, it's almost a good thing, to, Trace Thompson struggles against lefties. and. Rojas and Barnes, at least, especially Rojas and Barnes at times, you trust more to put the ball in play than you trust Trace Thompson necessarily. Thompson's big weakness is striking out, especially against left-handed pitching. And in those situations, you know, Rojas, he hit a hard ground ball and, and it found a hole. And you know, we talked late spring training, I think, about how Miguel Rojas might be a beneficiary of the banning of the shift because he does put the ball in play a lot. He does hit the ball on the ground a lot. And there are going to be more holes in the infield. That's what we saw. He got a base hit, started that rally. Uh, Austin Barnes put the ball in play. And yeah, if Edmundo Sosa could catch, uh, Austin Barnes would not have had a two-run single on that play. Uh, But Edmundo Sosa did not catch it. And if Barnes had struck out or if Trace Thompson had been available and he had struck out, it wouldn't have mattered because nobody has to catch a strikeout except the catcher. Uh, and, and so, you know, the the moves to pinch hit for Jason Hayward and David Peralta in those situations were the correct ones. Jose Alvarado is a very tough lefty. Obviously J- James Outman poked a double against him, which was awesome. Uh, but the, the guys who the Dodgers have, Outman and Peralta who don't bat against lefties, Jose Alvarado is not a good time to change that plan. And so they went to the pinch hitters, even though I don't think anybody would tell you that Miguel Rojas and Austin Barnes are as good a hitters as Jason Hayward and David Peralta. But in that situation, they were the right moves and they worked out. Even if they hadn't worked out, they still would have been good moves. Uh, Which brings me to the the one pitching decision that uh, some people have asked about. Our buddy Pat Dwyer, who was also at the game. I didn't get a chance to see him this time, but I've run into Dodger games a few times in the past, loyal listener, good dude, Uh, and he asked us after the game on on Twitter about the decision to go with Bruce Dargraderol in the ninth inning uh, instead of Evan Phillips. It's a 6-5 to game. Uh, They started the inning with Caleb Ferguson because uh, Kyle Schwarber is leading off the inning. They let Ferguson stay in, get Schwarber out, and then with Trey Turner coming up, uh, basically Dave Roberts had to choose. Would I rather have – Ferguson against Turner, so that then I can leave Ferguson in against Bryce Harper, or would I rather go to one of my writer relievers? That was the first de- decision, and I think he made the right call because Ferguson had pitched the eighth inning, and so uh, I don't think he wanted Ferguson to go two full innings. And so even if he did get Trey Turner, then he's facing Bryce Harper. Uh, you know, I-, I think it was the right call to get Ferguson out of there at that point. So then the only question is Bruce Gratterall or Evan Phillips, and he went with Gratterall. and. Some people question that decision, especially after Grederall blew the blew the lead, uh, blew the save, but he did get himself a win. He just knows how to win. But uh, you know, if you look at how the the lead got blown, there is a weak contact to Trey Turner, a weak chopper in the infield uh, that Miguel Rojas made a great play on to get Trey at first base, and then there's a bloop single by Bryce Harper, and then a walk, and then a bloop single by Bryson Stott. Uh, No hard contact in that inning against Gratterall, but also no strikeouts. And and that's kind of the the nature of the beast with Gratterall. And we've been talking about this for two years now, that Gratterall doesn't get as many strikeouts as you would expect a guy with his velocity to get. And I think that's part of the reason that I like the decision to go with him in the ninth inning. uh, Because if, if this game had gone to extras, they start with a runner on second base. Weak contact has a lot better chance of coming back to bite you when you're starting an inning with a runner on second base than when you're starting fresh. You know, bringing a star in, we only need two outs from you, there's nobody on base. That is a really good situation for a star because most of the time, weak contact gets out. Definitely most of the time, you don't get multiple bloop singles in the same inning. Obviously, the walk was the big killer because the walk was what put Harper in scoring position. Uh, if they had, you know, if you get, uh, who was it, Castellanos out, you had him in a, uh, a two strike count, you get that out, the game's over. It doesn't matter that Harper had a bloop single. Uh, but a bloop single followed by a walk, followed by another bloop single, yeah, it's going to happen sometimes with Gretter But I like the fact that if they had gone to extra innings, it would have been Evan Phillips pitching the tenth inning uh, with a runner on second base because Phillips is a little bit better at getting that swing and miss when you need it. And obviously you don't play four extra innings. You don't I don't I don't even know if that entered Dave Roberts' calculus. I think right now Roberts just thinks, okay, Craterall has had a good run as you know, quote unquote closer. So let let's stick with him. It wasn't a strict closer situation because like I said, they started the inning with Caleb Ferguson on the mound. But it was, okay, look, we like Gratterall in this position. He's been doing well in this position. So let's keep him in this position. And uh, it didn't work. But one of the things I've stressed a lot on this podcast is just because a decision doesn't work doesn't mean it was wrong. Very few managerial decisions are right or wrong. This is one of those where there's definitely a case to be made for Gratterall or Phillips, and it's maybe even 50-50. It might just be flip a coin. And, uh, you know, for me, because I would have rather had Phillips in extra innings if it had gotten there, you know, I, I can I can talk myself into the Gratterall decision. Uh, I, I think Phillips is still a slightly better pitcher than Gratterall, so that's obviously an argument in his favor. But also Gratterall's been pitching a little bit better this season than Phillips probably. Uh, both of them have been pitching well lately. So, you know, it really is so much, uh, you know, if they brought in Phillips and he blows the lead, then people would be saying, well, Gratterall's been in the closure lately, and he's been doing really well. Uh, you, know, you can never know what would have happened with the other situation. And so uh, you can't judge based on results. And that's why you know, Austin Barnes wasn't the right call because he got a fluky two-run single in the eighth inning. He was the right call because the alternative was David Peralta. And David Peralta wasn't going to do anything against Jose Alvarado, most likely, was less likely to than Barnes which seems weird to say that somebody was less likely to do something offensive than Austin Barnes, but that's where we're at right now. Uh, and, and on the pitching side, it, was, it, it wasn't it was the wrong decision because Greterall blew the save. It wouldn't have been the right decision because if Greterall had gotten the save, the decision is a decision, and it's right or wrong on its merits, and more often it is, you know, 60-40, 55-45, somewhere close to 50 50 on these decisions and dave roberts i thought he did a really good job pulling the trigger making good moves putting guys in position to succeed some of them did some of them didn't and ultimately the most important success was max Muncy's grand slam that gave the dodgers the win uh gave me a a great game it was so much fun to be at the stadium was you know kind of empty because it's a day game but also passionate and fun and loud it, it was a it was a great game to be at. i had so much fun Nice to be back at Dodger Stadium for the first time this season. Good to see those of you who I saw. Good to hear from those of you who I heard from. Uh, and think that's gonna do it for, for today. Like I said earlier, uh, with no game today, tomorrow's episode will be a mailbag episode. So feel free to shoot over your questions. I'm gonna give you all that contact info in a minute. But first, I'm going to remind you about the SXM app. Anytime there's a Dodger game, if you wanna be listening to the hometown radio broadcast, just pull out your SXM app and search for Dodgers and you can pull it up live and follow along with the Dodgers when you can't be watching on TV or they're in person. And you can also listen to this podcast on the SXM app. Just search for Locked on Dodgers. Uh, if you're not an everyday or not watching or listening to the show every day, we'd love for you to join the everyday club. It's really easy to join. All you got to do is start watching and listen every day. Super fun. We love talking Dodgers with you. We hope you love talking Dodgers with us. Uh, If you have friends or family who love the the Dodgers like you do, please tell them about the show. Maybe they'll like it too. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Semperio. I am on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all of those places. You can also email us, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com, or you can send us a voicemail or a text message to 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow.